0: Rise on (gasps) time. It's butt-whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian peck Dimmitt.
1: Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn.
0: The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros.
1: What time is it? This This time!
0: Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri State, streaming online at NWKSradio.net and the Rockingham app.
1: They are everywhere.
0: The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen.
1: Passing traffic that escapes. Donovan Edwards racing to the end zone. Michigan flexing immediately. 41 yards. Back in the game. And he's loose again. Edwards off and running. Welcome back, Donovan Edwards. 46 yards. Penix has time. Watches. his touchdown. Some very crafty play calls down here. Instead, they just hand it this time with Cora. Steps back. Breaks the tackle. Touchdown, Michigan. Penix looks the other direction down the seam. It's intercepted
0: by Sandristill. Mikey still has a couple of blockers.
1: A convoy. Michigan set up inside the 10. And good Tuesday morning, everybody. We're back on the Morning Blitz here on 102.5 UROC. Once again, no AM 730. Fox Sports Tri-State. Once again, they remain in 2020 form, winter storm. Preparations, uh, making sure you're up to date on the latest news and uh, cancellations and winter weather. G- Curtis Duncan and uh, Joel Navarro are on the scene today, keeping up to date with that. But Ross Volkmer, Christian Peck, Demet with you here on 102.5 U-Rock for the next hour with the Morning Blitz. Of course, I am Ross Volkmer, and that man over there, one of the happiest men in all of Thomas County this morning, <laughs> as for the first time in his lifetime, his favorite college football team is or are, national champions. Christian, good morning. And he's donning a Devin Gardner throwback is. uniform. So, yeah. Morning, sir.
0: Good morning. Favorite football te- team is is. I, I learned that the hard way in, in uh, uh, print journalism. But, yeah, I, oh, man. I There have been some dark days, and obviously I uh, am of the era of college football that growing up. Um, I watched the Brady Hoke era, um, which not the prettiest uh, for Michigan football, and uh, it's it's nice to see how far the program has come. And even uh, not too long ago, COVID hit uh, Michigan harder than maybe any other program. It was an embarrassing year for us, uh, two and four, including a bunch of forfeited games as like half our team had COVID. It was brutal. Uh, and then three years after that, a national championship, uh, which is very, very cool to see. And uh, I think I tweeted something to this effect out last night, which was a team that I love uh, is, is on the top of the nation in their sport, which feels almost illegal. Uh, because Growing up where I did, uh, there, are, there have been a lot of teams that have struggled for a long time, one of whom still struggling very badly. But that's okay because we got Michigan now and we're gonna we're gonna hold on to them and tunnel vision out the pistons right now. So so that was that was a good night last night.
1: We'll get more into the uh, college football national championship game. Once again, Michigan beating Washington 34-13, the final score last night from NRG Stadium in Houston. We'll get to that coming up here in just a matter of moments. We'll look ahead to tonight with college basketball. Uh, Kansas State on the hardwood, Nebraska and Colorado State also playing tonight, some of the regional college basketball teams. Uh, we'll get to that coming up in today's program as well. We'll take a peek at the, uh, early top 25 or top 25 for 2025. That's going to get hard. Or search should say for 2024, the early top <laughs> 25 for 2024, uh, Kansas and Kansas State both getting a crack at it and looking at being in the top 25, according to some polls. So we'll get some thoughts on that, uh, going forward, uh, in the third segment of the day. Uh, so yeah, we got plenty to get to and, uh, you can go to a, a, another friendly reminder with the weather that's outside. It is 13 degrees outside the doors of the KKCI studio in South Goodland. It's pretty darn chilly out. Uh, the It's not as windy as it was through most of the day yesterday. The wind has died down, but it still is quite a bit uh, chilly at time. It's still pretty breezy out there. Um, I know Ro... I know Construction, worker, sorry, construction workers, road crews and stuff are out there cleaning the streets, and we appreciate you wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for your work that uh, some of you were doing late last night as I was going to bed, and some of you were up uh, early this morning before I even opened my eyes. I know people were up and getting streets cleaned, so appreciate you guys and girls out there getting that work done for us um, as we try to get back into the swing of things on a Tuesday. But uh, you want to make sure that you go to on our on our website and go to the area closing and cancellations tab. You'll want to find all all, all the different uh, cl- cancellations, closings, obviously stuff going on. Pretty much not really any school in the listening area except for maybe the furthest mm. west school. So if you've got – West Weskin and Goodland, I think, are the only two schools that said, you know, we're just going to wait and see, and we're going to have a two-hour late start today. I believe others, all, every other school, for the most part, in our listening region is not having school today. Uh, so be aware of that. Uh, Burlington also is going to be having a, a late schedule as well. So is McCook, Nebraska. I know Northwest Tech and Colby Community College campuses are opening a couple hours late. So everyone's starting a little bit later today. But for the most part, if you're if you're if you're kind of uh, if you're not, you're going to kind of kind of be and uh, not having another day kind of like yesterday as everyone tries to get dug out from what happened yesterday. Although I do have to say and I'm not. I'm not trying to point the finger at anybody. I don't know, and maybe it's just because of the way the wind blows. I just, I don't, I'll, I'll know more today. I just don't know how much accumulation we had. I just remember when we sat there, it's like anywhere between five and 13 inches. And I don't know what they had over at Colby. I just know when I look at my yard, I'm like, I don't think that's 13 inches of snow, or even 10. But with the wind blowing, I know I had some drifts, maybe eight to 10 inches high. But I don't think as a total accumulation. I don't know. I don't know about your thoughts on that.
0: My my app said uh, accumulation was right around, or I think it might have been almost exactly at eight inches yesterday. Eight inches. Uh, but we both know that that's not, you know, it's so hard to ca- judge you, with yeah, the wind. Parts- it's so hard. Exactly. There there's points. I mean, even you you look out at like a car parked in the in the street or something, and you're like, all right, on one side of the car there are zero inches of snow, and on the other <laughs> side of the car there are three feet of snow, and it's it's uh. Yeah, so you just got to be careful for those drifts and obviously visibility way up uh, from the very low bar that it was at yesterday. Uh, But that doesn't mean always that you can see those deep drifts. So if you are out on the road, be careful.
1: Yeah, be careful. And once again, please check before you go anywhere. If you plan on going somewhere, check our area closing and cancellations page. Christina does a phenomenal job with that. She'll get you updated on what's going on, what's open, what's not. Uh, For the most part, I know a lot I heard some businesses as well in the region are going to be opening a couple hours later to kind of get themselves situated for the day. So just be aware of that. And I still believe and I, I could be wrong on this, but I still believe Interstate 70 is closed both ways between Colorado border and Salina at this point in time as they still continue to try to get those roads cleaned off. My guess is during our show today that will get resolved. Uh, but right now, I still believe I-70 is still closed, going in both directions because of the snow. boy, heard some really tough stories, you know, about what was going on on I-70 and other roads, people getting stuck out there. Uh, it's a scary situation with the weather we're having, and it's even scarier uh, with the temperatures that are coming up and how cold it's going to be here over the next couple of days. I mean, I don't know if anybody's looked at the weekend temperatures uh, because you've been more concerned about the snow, but <laughs> when you have a high of 5 and a high of 1, <laughs> that's the hype for the day that's michigan temperatures right there that's cold that's that's exactly right it's gonna get
0: very very cold and uh much like michigan that you just mentioned it's gonna have that lovely midwest wind that as you all know uh it doesn't matter how many layers you are wearing can cut right through you uh so i'm assuming most people will but just going to throw it out there. Maybe stay inside this weekend. Maybe yeah. maybe uh, sit back and relax and don't go
1: out for a run or something. It's a good weekend to sit down and watch the Chiefs on Peacock or uh, or other NFL games that are coming up here. <laughs> that's uh, that's what you got to do. Uh, anyway, uh, once again, area closing and cancellations page on nwkisradio.net, the place to go to check out all the information. If you're still interested about weather and stuff like that, go to our sister station, AM790KXXX and AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. They will keep you up to date on what's going on with the weather, at least for this morning. And then I think they're going to ease off the gas after a full day yesterday of coverage of Winter Storm 2024. Anyway, we were more intrigued by what was going on late last night, and that was the College Football National, College Football Playoff National Championship in NRG Stadium in Houston, Michigan, beating Washington handily 34-13. to We already know that. Christian isn't a very happy man today because his Wolverines are national champs. Going into the game, how did you feel? And and exiting the game, what was the difference in your feelings? Like, did you go into the game feeling more and more nervous as the game approached? Were you feeling more (laughs) confident as the game approached? Maybe you didn't have a feeling. You were just like me, oh, I'm going to watch this game and hope for a good one. Um, And, Mm -hmm. you know, for about a half to a third of a ball or two thirds of the ball game, kind of had a decent football game. Uh, But Michigan pulled away late because, like I thought, their physicality and their ability to run the football would wear down Washington, and it kind of did. And really, to me, the biggest storyline of this game was, was not only Michigan's ability to run the football, their physicality, but it was their ability to make Michael Penix so uncomfortable that he was a shell of himself in comparison to what he was against Texas. Michael Penix moved up draft boards a week or so ago when they took down Texas. He was fantastic. And then last night they took on Michigan. I feel like he dropped some spots in the draft board. He got hit pretty hard behind what is considered one of the best offensive line in, in college football. They won the Joe Moore Award, <laughs> which Christian rolls his eyes at because <laughs> he believes Michigan's line probably should win it for the 13,000th time. I
0: actually didn't. Uh, I told you earlier this year a dominant line for Michigan, but not what it was the last two years. They they earned it, but didn't look like that last Well,
1: night. and anyway, Michael Penix left the field battered and bruised and in pain, holding his ribs. I mean, he could have had broken ribs for all we know. Um, he just he loves a shell of himself. How many times I sat to my, said to myself, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? Like there were open receivers, but you didn't hit them. Uh, it was it was a very tough night for Michael Penix. I give a lot of credit to uh, to Michigan and their defense and, and him, them doing all that. But 34-13, in the foul. Back to my question, like feelings going in during and after this this game, Christian.
0: Well, that's a great question. Uh, I think we talked about it. I don't know if it was on air or not. Um, I think I gave maybe on air a more even-handed look at it. I think as a Michigan fan, I felt kind of good going into this game, but was very, I don't know if the right word is, worried about what Michael Penix can. I mean, he ended up not really doing it, but what we all know that he can do, which is gunsling. And gunsling at the highest level in college football in the nation this year. And even at the moment heading into this game, Uh, He probably has the best deep ball accurate, the best deep ball period, but the best deep ball accuracy of any quarterback to touch a college football field this year. Uh, That combined with guys like Romo Dunze and some of the best receivers maybe behind Ohio State that the country's seen this year. I mean, what a deadly combination. I was certainly worried about that, I had, um, I, oh, I know we did talk about it on the air because I shared uh, in a, a group chat of friends from back home, uh, one of them said something along the lines of, I'm kind of scared to play this guy. I don't want to play him. Uh, and that was, I think, the feeling for a lot of people is that Michigan is probably the objectively better football team in total, but Michael Penix is just one heck of a talent, and I know he didn't look very good last night, I hope for the young man's sake, that he does not drop too far on draft board. You know, he moved up so much after the Texas game. Does he kind of uh, regress to the mean a little bit? And even for him, that means back to like the 14th or 15th pick as opposed to top 10. So still very good. And and I'm assuming that he's going to have a great um, uh, professional career in front of him, but all the best for Michael Penix. But that was your feeling during the game you just shared. And, Mine exactly the same, which was how uncomfortable can we make this kid? And gosh, you gotta love the heart that not just him, but the whole Washington backfield showed last night. Dylan Johnson uh, was basically playing on one leg, and that's a lot of heart for a running back to have a foot or ankle injury. It looked like that he got retaped up and was holding. Uh, that's a that's guts. That's a lot of heart. And the same from Penix, especially by the fourth quarter, came around. I'm sure if you were watching, you saw every single play. A was a obvious drop back, an obvious passing situation. Uh, so he was in the gun, and Michigan's uh, excellent pass rushers could kind of pin their ears back and get at you. And he got hit a lot. And you saw after every hit, he'd get up and he'd run back to the huddle. But boy, he was hugging his chest, those ribs. Oh, he looked like he was in a lot of pain, and uh, boy, I think that was kind of the recipe, and they they cooked it up to perfection of how to stop this Washington team is get them out of rhythm and get uh, effort or uh, get pressure on Penix, which has been far easier said than done against that offensive line. But certainly, my feelings at the end of the game were uh, elation. You know that I. I think I sent you a a gif of of Michael Scott smiling and crying a little bit, and uh, that was kind of the feeling. I found an old um, uh, the Lord reminded me of a note in my notes app from March of 2016 when I was 15 years old. I made a little bucket list that included things like uh, get on TV and uh, you know. I don't know, all kinds of random stuff. Be fluent in Greek, which has not happened. <laughs> um, and, uh, and one of them uh, that I checked off last night, and this, it had not been touched or edited since March of 2016. Um, I was able to check off, uh, watch Michigan win a national championship, uh, which was on that list. So that was kind of cool. And uh, to see Mikey Saner still be the guy that kind of put the exclamation point on it, uh, that pick late that he almost returned for a touchdown. I think he's the epitome of Michigan football and, and of that program. And they always kind of say that line, the broadcaster line, if he's the heartbeat of that defense, but he really is. He started as a receiver and go back to Mikey Sanders freshman year. Michigan was two and four and he was a wide receiver for Michigan. And at that, at that, He was like wide receiver number three or four, kind of rotating in. Uh, So to see him come all the way full circle somehow and be probably one of the best, if not the best, kind of nickel safety slot uh, corners in the league or in the the nation, hopefully soon to be in the league, you would assume, uh, was was kind of cool to see.
1: I'd be shocked. Uh, He looks like a Sunday guy. Mikey Sanders still does. So Absolutely. I would be shocked if he's not playing on Sundays. He looks like a Sunday guy. Very impressive. Here's the thing. The thing about Michigan, the, the game, we, we talked about that. You know, I, like I said, I gave you my points that I thought were interesting about the football game. To me, this is a bigger picture story from the Michigan perspective. If you just go back to the COVID year where, once again, Michigan went 2-4, and four, people were on Jim Harbaugh to be done. They wanted him gone. They wanted Jim to be fired. Jim, to much to his success and rightly so, took a pay cut off of his massive contract, took a pay cut, and said, I'm gonna, still going to get this right despite making less money. Now, don't get me wrong. Me taking a cut from whatever it might have been, $8 million or $7 million down to $3 million, I don't know what it was. I'm just completely BSing Well, he there.
0: actually did what you love and what we've talked about a ton, which is they changed it to an incentive-based Incentive contract. Incentive-based
1: contract, which I think is fantastic. There needs to be more of that done. So he he takes a new deal, redoes his deal. And goes back to work and kind of kind of goes back to doing what he wanted to do. He kind of had lost his way, you know. He started come he came into the college football game wanting to be that guy that just lined up and ran the football right at you and do all that stuff. And it just it it worked, but it didn't work good enough cuz they couldn't get past Ohio State. And that caused them to kind of make a few adjustments and go kind of a little bit more spread, a little bit more pass-heavy. And that happened all the way until through that COVID year when he got his contract. He said, well, I guess if I'm going to go down, I'm going to do it my way. And he went back in and, and took the time and developed the lines and got the running backs that he needed, got a g- great game-managing quarterback. And that's no offense to J.J. McCarthy um, – He's a really good quarterback, but, you know, he does what he needs to do, and they won a national title because of that. And so it's just a reminder to fan bases out there that just be – at first you don't succeed. Sometimes it's not about firing a guy and starting over again. Sometimes it's about, you know, kind of picking up the pieces and going back to work um, and, and, and believing in what you believe in. And, and here's the other thing that I just remind people, that sometimes great stuff takes time. It just takes time, and in this day and age, we don't have patience anymore. We want it done right now because we see Urban Meyer come in, and in his first year, he's got Ohio State you know, going to the national title game. I mean, th- that kind of stuff is rare. Mostly everybody else, you have to have the patience to build and to grow your programs uh, or your franchise. I mean, you have to have that patience to do that, and, and sometimes it takes more than just four years. I, I, I stick to the, the college football and the college game as it is. Sometimes it takes more than four years to get that done. It takes more than four recruiting classes to get that done. Sometimes you got to go through a whole cycle, which means four years of recruiting and getting your team completely with you. And you're like, you know, I thought this was really good, but really I need to tweak this and this to make it better. And then it takes a couple more years to get this in the right direction. And then guess what? I'm not saying it always is going to pan out. That's not the case. But sometimes it does, and this is a great story of that. How you know, a little bit of patience ends up getting Michigan their first national championship since they split it with Nebraska in 1997. So, you know, it's that's the biggest thing that stands out to me was that from the Michigan perspective. The other thing that stood out to me as Washington and Oregon, as well as USC and UCLA get set to join the Big 10 next year. This is just a friendly reminder to those four schools. Switching from a conference, whether it is the Pac-12, the Big 12, wherever you might be coming from, the ACC, going and playing in the Big Ten and the SEC is different than your league. It just is. That's no offense to your players. That's no offense to your coaches. It's just different. It will take time. Just because you are – I think – in my opinion, Oregon is the most Big Ten-ready team of the four teams that are coming in next year. They have the fit; they look like they have the physicality to stand up to a good majority of the Big Ten teams. Does that mean they're going to be able to hang with the Ohio States and the Michigans and the top dogs in that league? I don't know. We're going to see. It looks like it, but when you're playing in that type of league every single week... It doesn't matter if you're the bully of your previous conference. It doesn't matter because now you're going to play a bully every single week in the Big Ten conference. And so this is just a friendly reminder that, yes, you're coming into a league and, yes, you are a very good program. But don't get all mad when you only when you have two or when you have three or four losses next season. Because it's just a different, it's a step up, it's a different type of league. I'm not saying it's a better league, I'm just saying it's a different type of league. You're going from, I just remember seeing the quotes here a few days ago from Lincoln Riley, saying, oh, we'll run around those guys and we'll throw it all over them, it'll be no big deal. Say what you want, my friend, you can hope and pray that's going to happen, more than likely you're going to get driven into the ground more times than not. If your defense can't get off the field because they pound it down your throat all the time, it's going to be a long day at the office, so... That was another thing that just stood out to me were those two things. First of all the patience by Michigan to get this done because it took more than just the usual amount of time than most people want to give coaching stabs and stuff to get it done. And the other part that was big to me was you know, welcome to the Big 10, you four programs from the Pac-12. It's going to take a little from the pa- yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time here for you to probably get into this league and understand a little bit more and that may take a few years, so just be prepared.
0: A, I'm with you. There are few conferences uh, in this country and few teams within those that are willing to say, oh, a nine man box. We're going to run it between the tackles eight <laughs> straight times. Uh, and the Pac 12 has uh, suddenly found, or the formerly Pac 12 teams have suddenly found themselves in a conference that has um, like eight of those teams that are willing to do that. Uh, so, yeah, I think it might be a little bit of a learning curve. But I do have to point out, we. Would love both of us highlighted that two and four year and you can't beat Ohio state. And it's on this level of, you know, such a high program that whose fan base demands a ton out of you, but let's not forget that this was giving patience to a man, uh, who had 10 win seasons in three of the first four years. He had was head coach of this program, including a first year 10 win team and headed to the Citrus Bowl and you're thinking oh well he was using kids that weren't his recruits they weren't what he wanted whatever uh yeah they were Brady hoax kids who went eight uh, five and seven the year prior so I'm just saying I'm just going to point out that not every program can just give their coach patience and they're suddenly at 15 wins He was only bad or struggling, I'm putting air quotes right now, because he was on the level that Ryan Day is seeing right now, where he is an objectively great coach. But because he's at the program that he's at, he's going to get criticized an awful lot for not being able to win not only the big games, but a few very specific games on the schedule. So I think there is a little bit of an asterisk on that. Give a coach patience. But when he starts this good, uh, it's a lot easier to have a longer leash for a guy like that.
1: Well, and you're going to get a longer leash when you are a, a son of the program. When you're uh, when exactly. you're, you're going to get Absolutely. a longer leash, which Jim Harbaugh is. And he definitely got a longer leash. And I'm just saying that paid off that paid off by, by having that longer leash Absolutely. to giving him some more time. Because, yes, you can come in, and you can take the players that you had, and you can win right away. You can do that. But that doesn't always mean that's going to result in consistent winning and you're just going to keep stepping up. You're going to have some downfall years. But if you can overcome and say, well, we had a couple downfall years, we haven't done this, it's okay, let's keep building, let's keep working, more than likely you're going to figure it out. That's all I'm trying to say on that point. Uh, one more thing before we get to break. I don't want to spend too much time on this, although we could probably spend a whole segment on it. But it's amazing to me. We're talking this morning, and we have not brought up the fact that Jim Harbaugh was suspended for six games this year. The whole Connor Stallions thing. We haven't talked about that at all. It's amazing that we have not brought this up today. And this is a storyline that it just it's it was the thing that shocked to an extent the the college football world halfway through the season, and by the end of it, fifty you know six seven eight games later. We don't even mention it, really. It's amazing. It truly is crazy.
0: The greatest season ever vacated. I think that will be the title of the coming <laughs> thirty for thirty. Uh, that will be a great one on this year. Yeah, I. I mean, you already know my thoughts on it. I. We went on a back and forth rant. However many. But we we don't weeks need to go ago. into on
1: forever, but I. I, I no, say no, thirty seconds not, or so. <laughs>
0: As usual, first segment's going long. Gotta be quick here. Uh, But yeah, I... If you asked my honest opinion, I'd think um, I'm gonna be a a Chargers fan next year because that's where Jimbo will be. Mm. Uh, and, And hey, he's got a nice... That roster has a lot of problems, but it's got a lot of upside too, and I think that's probably where he'll be headed. But I don't know. I think that changes... I think there is a much greater than 0% chance that he stays with Michigan. I doubt it. Again, I think he'll go somewhere else. But I think a lot of people say they're going to they think he's going to go somewhere else and what they really mean is there's a 0% chance he does anything but run away to the NFL. I think there is a chance he comes back and that might change Michigan football because I know JJ McCarthy is again, air quotes, up in the air on his decision. It re- that really just means if Jimbo comes back, he's going to come back in my mind, at least. And I would guess that he's off to the Chargers, possibly the Bears, I would say the Chargers. But yeah, does him leaving uh, get him out of this, uh, so to speak, does that take sanctions or potential sanctions away from the program? How much does that put the spotlight off of Michigan? I don't know. Is there even a spotlight on Michigan anymore? Because it seems like nobody cares. I don't know anymore. But I will say it is very interesting to see exactly what you said, Ross. I think you hit it on the head. How the roller coaster of interest that that storyline has had, because it seems like a lot of people have all but forgotten.
1: Yeah, it's been weird. All right, let's get to a break. When we come back, uh, plenty more to get to here on a Tuesday show. We'll touch on. We'll get into college basketball next. The college football season is over. And so we turn the page into college basketball. Yes, a very sad face even on both sides of, uh, of this screen, for sure. Very sad faces. But college basketball season is back with us. Uh, and it's in full swing tonight with Kansas State on the hardware. We'll get to that game and a few others. Uh, get our thoughts on that next. You're listening to a Tuesday morning edition of the Morning Blitz.